The number you have dialed has been changed. The new number is... Please note, the new number is... Internet Marketing for Smart People Radio. Weekly tips on marketing and building your profitable online business. From copyblogger.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number two of Internet Marketing for Smart People Radio. My name is Robert Bruce, and I'm here with the founder and CEO of Copyblogger Media, Brian Clark. Brian, apart from your hacking cough and bad cold, uh, how's things going? Uh, other than that, pretty good. I'll try not to uh, cough. I've, I've got some uh, controlled substances that are currently kicking in, um, but the downside may be that I say something ludicrous, which is always entertaining. Right, right. No, we could use some of that. We could use some of that. So, um, yeah, good luck on the plane tomorrow. You're getting into another metal tube uh, enclosed. We'll see how many people you get sick on that uh, flight to Vegas. Uh, but you were on uh, metal tube last week. You flew to Florida for the Blue Glass Conference. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Right. So Blue Glass is a really powerhouse internet marketing firm. It's basically the combination of four separate companies, a lot of really bright SEO guys, really bright viral marketing and online PR people. So um, they're doing these uh, conferences, I think twice yearly, LA and then Fort Lauderdale. And, you know, it's really... Um, in-depth, solid knowledge, um, the kind of stuff you want to go to a conference for, a little smaller, more intimate than, say, a PubCon, which is where, you know, I'll be going to Vegas tomorrow. Well, actually, I'll be doing a keynote by the, when people are listening to this Wednesday morning. Um, so it, it's like that kind of serious online marketing, uh, in-depth knowledge, but a much more intimate setting, a lot more contact with the blue glass guys, with the speakers. Um, that was really Chris Winfield, who's heading up uh, the company, really emphasized the fact that, you know, we're trying to do something a little bit different here. We're not in the conference business. We're primarily an agency, but uh, we want to make sure that you have a great experience. So it, it was pretty cool. And you were on a panel there with, I know, uh, Peter Shankman and one other yeah, Lisa Beyer, who is an Lisa, online right. PR strategist, and, and Peter obviously started Harrow, which is help a reporter out, and he sold that to Vocus in June or July, I believe, and, and did okay. quite well for himself. And he told me he tried to retire, but it only lasted like eight days, and you know, <laughs> so he's a workaholic like the rest of us. But um, yeah, so we, we did this panel on online public relations and, you know, Lauren Baker uh, was the moderator and, and, you know, we basically got to vent about all the stupid pitches we get by email, uh, how we delete press releases, how if you're especially annoying, we write your name down and make fun of you somewhere online. Um, but, you know, <laughs> it, well, there's just a lot of people who, who have the wrong idea about whether, you know, dealing with reporters or with bloggers. And, now reporters and bloggers, everyone's on social media. They're using that to source stories. They're using Google, um, you know, showing up as an authority in the Google search results has never been more important to PR because 
that's where the reporters are going. They're not waiting on your press release. They're going to go Google uh, whatever it is they're writing about, and they're going to go contact that blogger, or they're going to go contact that site publisher, because those are the people who Google trusts to be authorities on that subject, and that's who reporters are going to trust as well. And, of course, bloggers have been doing that since day one. Okay, so that's a perfect setup uh, for what we're talking about today, which is uh, relationships. And this whole idea of establishing a direct online relationship with your prospective clients and customers, I mean, this is really key, right? Yeah, I- exactly. And, and so on the panel, we talked about how if you want a reporter or a blogger to pay attention to what you've got going on, the right idea, of course, is to help them out establish a real human relationship with them instead of just blindly pitching them. Um, and it's the same thing that we try to do as, as online marketers with content, which is you're trying to establish a direct online relationship with prospective clients and customers because when you do that, okay, so public relations is historically about what's called earned media, meaning you did something newsworthy. So therefore the media, the the holy them, <laughs> will <laughs> will deem you worthy of mention. Now you are the media, or at least that's the way you need to be thinking. And you still get earned media because people will, you know, write about what you're writing about. They'll mention your content, maybe even your products and services. And then social media, of course, you got Twitter and Facebook. It's, it's an incredible content distribution network powered by real people. So what you're doing is you're going direct to the audience as opposed to relying only on other people mentioning you. So when you become a content producer, when you become part of the media, then really what you're doing is taking advantage of, of the incredible distribution power of social media for, for things to spread without paying for advertising or anything else. So when you say direct relationship, we're obviously not talking about like a one-to-one personal relationship here. We're, can you explain exactly what we're trying to get at with this direct relationship and building these direct relationships? Right. So it's not as impersonal as mass media, and you'll never have that kind of reach that the historic anomaly known as mass media ever, you're not going to do that. You're not going to have that kind of audience. Even if you get up into the hundreds of thousands, which is a lot of people, it's not the size that was needed to support the mass media infrastructure. But let's, let's take it back to what are we trying to accomplish? We have a business goal. We're trying to get people to take action, buy our products, hire us, whatever. The fundamental foundation of all good marketing is emotional engagement, right? So much advertising and, and marketing misses that. Um, but, but that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to make an emotional connection with people. You're trying to click with people personally, um, even though it's one to many. And then from there, you're trying to establish um, some very important things, again, at an emotional level. And they're very simple. You want people to like you and you want people to respect your expertise. You want them to view you as the go-to person for whatever it is you are talking about and more importantly, whatever it is you sell. So yes, it's not 
that you're trying to connect one-to-one with people, it can happen. It happens all the time on Twitter, um, in comments, uh, in personal emails that people send you. But, you know, to a certain degree, it's still about numbers and yet not in the sense that we, we historically think of because you want to come across as that authentic human voice that resonates with them. And that's a very important key here. That's the relationship that matters, what they think more than what you think. And Sonia Simone makes a really great analogy um, in the Internet Marketing for Smart People course of uh, the village. It's a picture of the village, a smaller, relatively smaller group of people that you engage with and that hopefully engage you. Kind of like, you know, the mom and pop corner store in your neighborhood that you go to every day over 20 years. Yeah. So again, so I mentioned that, you know, we have this mindset that we're escaping from mass media, but mass media was a very brief and and kind of aberrant uh, historical blip. Um, Before the 1950s and 60s, you know, life was like that. You, You did business with the people that you liked and you knew, and it was usually constrained by geography. Now we have the power of global media and the internet. And we're going back to that village mindset, except it's not constrained by geography. You have communities that come together and congregate around shared interests rather than geography, which is really kind of fascinating. And then, you know, to look at it from a Seth Godin standpoint, what you're trying to do with that tribe of people built around shared interest is to become a leader, to be the person that, again, they kind of gravitate to, they like, and they respect. And if, you know, you do a good job of providing whatever it is you sell that's closely related to the content that you've um, used to establish that leadership, you're going to have a successful business. All right. I'm going to put you in the hot seat right now. Get ready. I want to know your best two word description of how you want your audience to think of you. Hmm. I think the way I've always thought about it in a way that works is, is likable teacher. You know, teachers are some of the most influential people on the planet, um, in, in various scenarios. I mean, we always think about, uh, school and, you know, in, in that arena, but really we're surrounded by teachers all the time. People who know things that we don't and share those things with us, you know, that change, as soon as someone teaches you something, it changes your brain forever. That's a very powerful thing. And I don't think people realize how influential simply educating people can be. And of course, the likable part is because we had lots of teachers that we might not like. And even in the business world, in that role of industry expert, uh, it's so easy to slip into arrogance or holier than thou or whatever. That's not likable. So uh, teacher, but your favorite teacher, the one that changed your life in ninth grade, not all the rest of them that you don't remember. (laughs) Okay, likable teacher. Is there any room for controversy in that? I mean, is there any room in that likable teacher position to say, um, obviously you're saying things, important things, but not everybody's going to agree with either what you say or how you say it? Oh, no. And the minute you try to appeal to everyone, you know, you will be completely ineffective because you will have no voice. 
you will not stand for anything, you will not believe in anything, and that is the opposite of what you're trying to do here. Now, I don't think you have to try to be controversial too much. I don't think you have to try to make people mad in this day and age. Trust me, just having some conviction and some expertise, <laughs> you'll piss people off. I mean, yeah, I've right. never, we live in, in a society that is so opinionated about everything that it's not necessarily uh, the case that you have to go out there and be polarizing. You're going to be polarizing if you, if you state anything uh, without backpedaling. And, and I think that's exactly what people want. So uh, in order to have some people love you, other people have to not love you so much and just accept that and roll with it. In fact, that's how it's got to be or you're really not resonating with anyone. What was it? John Morrow made some comment about Don Draper and Sonia Simone a couple days ago that got the whole Internet up in arms. Right. So... <laughs> You know, and John is just speaking truth. And when when the truth comes out, people get upset. You know, that's a sure sign that truth may be in the room. Mm -hmm. But what John's trying to communicate is, okay, l let's stick with our likable teacher. But, you know, it's not what you want to teach them. It's what they want to learn about. I mean, that's really what it boils down to. It's kind of like Sonia says, <laughs> You know, uh, she has a lot of good analogies for this. One is that, you know, even if broccoli flavored ice cream is your favorite, don't try to sell it, you know, and, and make a living off of it because it's not going to work. <laughs> she also has one where she's like, you know, maybe you really are into naked tree moles or well, naked mole rats. That's what they are. God, they're so obscure. I can't even remember them. Right. She's like, but that doesn't mean you get to write about naked mole rats and make a living off of it because no one cares. Okay. It comes down to this whole passion, you know, right, do what you're passionate about. And, and, it, and it sells, right? You know, I mean, every scamster internet market in the world says, hey, just write about whatever you're interested in and you will become a millionaire like me. Yeah. But that's not the truth. And it's, it's hurt a lot of people and it's led them astray. Now, should you write about something you hate just for money? No, you're not going to be very happy and you're not going to be very good at it. But you have to start with some. This is all John said. You have to start with what the audience wants and pair it up with your passion. And if you're not particularly interested in, in one area that people, other people are interested in and want to buy stuff related to, then you're going to have to keep looking until you find some congruence. But you have to start with the things that people want and then say, yeah, I'm like that. You know, this is what I always talk about. Be your own market. If there's something that you spend money on and that you're passionate about, there are other people who spend money and are passionate about it, maybe, <laughs> unless you're into naked mole rats. <laughs> so, again, you know, you, it's just basic market research, which I think is taken for granted at, at higher business levels. And in the online world where it's, it's much more democratized, that's not exactly taken for granted by people. And it's just not something they naturally think about. All right, I got to book Sonia uh, to be on this show sometime soon to talk about the naked mole rats. We'll get that done. So it all comes down to content. Content is the third pillar of the internet marketing for smart people philosophy. Why is that? Well, okay, so 
you know, with the whole blogging sensation and, and, and people knowing that it's content, you know, and all the people who want to make a living writing. I mean, there are a lot of people like that. And I was one of them. But so many people, and I did this in the late 90s, you know, I also spent three years screwing up, okay? I, you know, it's like a rite of passage. All I'm trying to do is is make that time either shorter or not at all for, for someone else. I mean, what's the point? So, you know, people just start creating content. I did it in 98. People do it with a blog. They get a blog set up. They start cranking out some content. They don't have a clue of who they're talking to or how they're going to make money or anything. There's just this vague notion that I'm going to put this out there and I'm going to make this my living. Those are very broad goals, but you're going to have to get a little more specific and know who it is you want to talk to. And is that an economically viable group of people to talk to? And then the other problem which is why the, the second pillar is we try to teach people uh, the basics of direct response elements because it's not just about sales. It's about any form of content, getting certain types of headlines and certain structures and certain angles. They just do better with people. Uh, and generally, it goes back to rule number one, which is it's more focused on the reader or the audience than it is on whatever you feel like doing. And that's a fundamental of direct response. So that's the second pillar. And plus also it tells you how to sell things, which is ultimately the tie-in with the fourth pillar, which is finding exactly the right product or service to sell to your audience. Next week, we are going to be sharing tales, uh, your tales of debauchery from Las Vegas. I'm going to pull it out of you, and uh, we'll also have some cool copywriting tricks that make uh, our content more appealing, right? Yeah, I, of course, won't have any stories of personal debauchery, but... Uh, yeah, of course. I, I don't believe in leaving, you know, that, that whole, if it happens in Vegas, it stays in Vegas. I'm, I'm going to rat people out, I think. Okay, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, and next show, we'll talk about... Um, some classic kind of copywriting techniques that work to get more exposure to your content uh, and also help you sell stuff when it comes time to that. Cool, man. All right. Uh, anything else before we wrap this up? Yeah. Um, obviously, there's a whole 20-part email course that goes into this in way more detail. You and I just kind of riff on whatever we want to. Um, I'm trying to explain some of the fundamentals here. Um, but over over time, we're going to go into some really other cool topics. So the uh, Internet Marketing for Smart People email course, here, there's a link in the show notes. I would grab that because it gives you an excellent frame of reference for some of the topics we're going to get into over the weeks here on Internet Marketing for Smart People Radio. All right, man. We'll talk to you next week, Brian. Take care, Robert. Later. Internet Marketing for Smart People Radio. Weekly tips on marketing and building your profitable online business. From copyblogger.com.